0: Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin.
1: This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Lynn Padetti. Lynn, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide.
0: Thanks for having me here
1: i've uh I've, I've stalked lynn on linkedin for a few weeks and and uh i begged her to come on and and she had to cancel 27 other other engagements to to book a slot on rising tide so we're really grateful that you put us at the very top of the list
0: <laughs> that's so cute it's like so cute that you've been stalking me yeah in a good yeah, way yeah, that's
1: yeah. right share a little bit uh of your your background history family with rising tide
0: yeah, so I'm currently a mother with three kids. So my six year old and four year old lives with me right now and they're at home because of the coronavirus. So it can get really hectic trying to be a mother looking after them and then running a business from home. So I've always been running a business from home since two thousand and nine was when I quit my, my corporate job. And uh, with no background in business or internet marketing, anything, I just really self-taught myself and and just took one day at a time learning as much as i can and just saying yes to every opportunity and um because of my first idea of starting an e-commerce business uh, nail polish company um which wasn't what well, was a company but it was just in my apartment uh, i learned that i needed to get a website i needed to know, know how to get seo done and all these marketing terms i never heard of and that's when i stumbled across outsourcing you know well i think most people do outsource, but they don't know that they're actually outsourcing kind of thing. So if you are ever getting someone to do something, you're outsourcing. So I got just local people first and I got ripped off and it was expensive. And then I ended up with limited funds. I had to use offshore people. And that was my journey into offshoring and using overseas people and made the same mistakes like everyone else, just picking the cheapest person and and not knowing who to choose. Uh, But I fell in love with it. I think it's because I'm Vietnamese, coming from a developing country, moved here when I was nine. And when I deal with developing country people, I feel this connection with them. I want to give them a better life. And I I understood that a lot of the miscommunication and, and challenges in working with them is not really just their fault. It's also the way that we don't know how to do things online remotely, giving right sure. instructions. And so I got better at it. And then other companies and business owners that I've met um, wanted Advice around that area, like how do I actually get this thing done, that thing done, and that's when I started my agency a few years later. And then now I run Outsourcing Angel, which is an outsourcing recruitment business. So we're more of like recruiting you virtual staff so that you could work with them. And so that's what I'm busy with. And that that business is also a social enterprise. We we do we do a lot of charity work. Not only are we helping to create employment over there, we also reinvest. Uh, Into charity projects and and Mm. free computer trainings and stuff for people.
1: Wow, that's incredible. We're going to unpack that later in the in the chat here, but (laughs) it's it's interesting. I mean, you mentioned that there. I had a, a previous guest actually earlier this week that that was talking about. You know, she has she has eight staff. She has four there in Australia and she has four in the Philippines. You know, that, mm-hmm. that we're in an it's an accounting business that she's got and bookkeeping service. But
0: yeah, I really think that if you can combine the power of local and overseas, you just have a very optimized business that mm. everyone's doing the best part that brings the best return on investment, right? If you just, you know, if you only do your local, then there are poly tasks in there that are mundane that they shouldn't be right. doing, wasting their time, making them feel unchallenged. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, but then if you just purely have overseas people, then you're going to have to be the one, yeah, I guess, liaising with them. Um, and, but if you have a fortunate opportunity to afford local people as well, then you basically have someone that you can um, count on to just liaise uh, with the team of overseas people. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, that's the perfect combination of like insourced and outsourced, you know, mm-hmm. labor force. And, and it really, I mean, she considers it her team. She, she talks about in terms, my team is eight people. It just happens to be four of them live here where I do and four of them live overseas. So it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to ask you this now, but I want you to unpack it later, but I'm asking you now, so I won't forget to ask you later, but I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious about, you know, when you think of, of, you know, outsourcing, I mean, India comes to mind, the Philippines come to mind as like the two big players in the market. Yeah. You know? So what, what makes them so unique? in the outsourcing space versus other countries like, for instance, Vietnam or, or Laos or Cambodia or uh, Myanmar or Thailand or
0: yeah. So the, the number one thing is English. Um, I, I haven't really dealt with a lot of, um, Indian uh, freelancers or Indian outsourcing, but, mm-hmm. um, I find Philippines, uh, number one is they are already equipped with an English language. They already learned it from young and, and if anything, they sound so American, uh, pure American. <laughs> um, kind of hard uh, to hide there that no, accent. Yeah. There's no accent, there's no Filipino accent, and so um, whereas when I work with Vietnamese people, the first challenge for me is their language. They have they actually um, struggle with it a lot more. Uh, and then with the Philippines, also they already been advanced in this outsourcing industry for so many mm, yeah. years. They know marketing so well. They um, yeah, they're already ahead in that front. So then it's just easier for us to work with that than trying to get into a new country that has just more boundaries and more, more, more challenges, more, more, more walls there. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, I, I, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, the, the way you've kind of explained why these two countries may, may be, you know, really on the high end of, of, you -hmm. know, as far as numbers are that are being outsourced to those countries. But so you and I are going to step on an elevator. We're going to step on a lift and go up 10 floors. You've got a, a one minute window to kind of give me your elevator pitch of outsourcing angels. So, So give me your best business pitch.
0: Okay, cool. Now, if you're a business owner that you want freedom to spend time with your loved ones or do whatever you love in life, then we can help you build a virtual team. And this team is not only quality and reliable, but they are also a fraction of the cost. And together with your virtual team um, uh, and even your local team, you're able to really grow your business, but most importantly, free yourself from Working in your business, you get to work on your business.
1: So, ding, the door's open, and I I just signed the contract. <laughs> <laughs> already got me on on the book. So, what is the what's the biggest obstacle when when you're talking to business owners? What is the biggest hurdle or the biggest obstacle that you have to get over to convince them that this is uh, this service is right for their business?
0: Yeah. So. I've already been working with them for so long that I know how great they are and you can work virtually and you can still have a great company that um, is productive, that has a great culture, that has everything that a real company has in an offline company. But most people are fearful that they can't run a proper company unless it's next to a person, um, that they had to be local, that you had to see them, that you have to have it run in an office. And so, I guess the blessing of disguise for us with the coronavirus is that now everyone's forced to work from home Absolutely. and realize that, oh, it can actually work and you're going to actually have to try to use these softwares like Zoom and Slack and, and Loom and all those things, which we already told them that it's fine. <laughs> you can do it with these tools, but they just it's, it's kind of like, if I don't have to, I'm not going to try. But now that they have, um, they are going to realize that it's not that hard. So our challenge before was more of it's easier just to find someone local. Um, or the other challenge with the small business is it's easier to just do it myself. You know, by the mm-hmm. time I t- teach someone, and that's why a lot of small solopreneurs can't grow because they're always thinking about keeping as much money as possible, but they're doing all the work. There's no point in having a business if you have no freedom. You wanted a business because you wanted freedom. So you' got to jump off that and start delegating and outsourcing. But now for the more established businesses with uh, up, you know with ability to hire staff, they are thinking that I might as well pay someone local and more expensive right. because I feel like I need to see them and I need to uh, it won't be productive.
1: Yeah. But now
0: they're going to realize that no you can do it all virtually and and then you can do it for a fraction of the cost.
1: I can, I mean, I can just see your eyes light up as you're, as you're talking about this, because you're thinking, you know, this is, this is actually a, a very difficult thing for the, the entire world to go through, but on the backside mm-hmm. of this, there is real opportunity from a, from a business mm-hmm. standpoint in, in companies, agencies, you know, just like you have created, you know, you're seeing that there's going to be a, a hugely increased demand on the backside yeah. of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: more time for your family. There's no more traveling time, dropping things off. And I mean, I mean, going off to, you know, yeah, dropping the kids off early so you can get rushed to work and there's all these yeah. commuting time that right. you're going to realize how yeah easy it is. And you don't have to get changed. You can wear your pajamas all day. They have to brush your teeth, right? No one can smell you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, you do have to brush your teeth. If you even if you work at home, that your mom called and said you have to brush your teeth. So yeah, that's for sure <laughs> to do that. But I'm I'm a little was a little concerned. You know, when we first got on here, that you were not going to be energetic and enthusiastic. I
0: I. Uh, <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> I <don't> think
1: <laughs>
0: so. I'm exactly like how you saw in the Absolutely, videos, right? Yeah, like just. Thought, like,
1: I've got to get her on the podcast because she is she just lights up the screen when she talks. But yeah, yeah just. Love, thank you. I, I just love the way that that you are seeing this opportunity that's happening, and and I mean you have such vision for for where you're headed, you know. And it reminds me I don't know if you're familiar with the book that's called the E Myth the the whole purpose behind the email talks about how do you move from working in your business to on it you know how do yeah, you work exactly. on your business and it was really what yep. your vision what you were outlining you know as a solopreneur if you do all the work you're limited by your capacity you know to do yeah, that individually yeah. and if you outsource this if you hire staff if you you know delegate well and train well then you can scale and you know yeah, grow a yeah. much larger business
0: yeah. Um, one of my first ebook I ever wrote a long time ago was called To Be Rich, Be Lazy. And I actually got that quote from um, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh-huh. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, yep. he mentioned that. In his book. Dad, and dad. it's really about like, how do you get rich, but just do the least things as possible. Try to just get other people to do the work for you or, you know, um, it's either outsourcing or hiring people or collaborating with people. So I'm always thinking, how do I do things the most simplest easiest way without doing a lot of hard work and so that's why i would rather invest in resource than try to do everything myself
1: you you were talking a little bit i asked you the question about like what's the biggest obstacle for business owners to kind of catch a vision of outsourcing do you think it's it's very similar to this to the um obstacle that that employers have with going to a remote workforce as a whole I mean, it is, it seems like it's a very similar issue that they just don't, they can't have that vision. They, they want people, you know, in their brick and mortar offices. They want them in their cubicles. You know, they don't want them working at home in their pajamas, not brushing their teeth. You know, they, yeah. they want them so they can yeah, keep an eye yeah. on them because they don't think they're going to be productive. I mean, is it, is it virtually the same yeah. problem?
0: Um, yeah. It's just limiting beliefs and not, under, not, not um, being, not being open-minded to, how, you know, there are companies that make it work. So why not look for those examples and mm-hmm. and see how you could have done it versus trying to be comfortable and being stuck to where you are. Right. Uh, and so really this is the time that they go, well, they're forced to get out of their comfort zone yep. and and see that this isn't a, 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 the thing that can work, but it's already worked for a lot of people. Yep. Same as with solopreneurs um, wanting to grow instead of saying I can uh, only I can do best and no one else can do it like me. Well, why don't you look at the people that have already grown and have mm. stuff? Now, if you want to be in their position, you've got to do what they do. Uh, same way as with company now uh, owners who has office based things. Yeah. So you basically just need to look at your life and what you want. You want freedom. You want to be able to travel anywhere and work anywhere. Well, then you've got to do, you've got to get on remote working and, For a long time, people want that, but they weren't willing to do what it takes to get there. And now this has allowed them to do that. And that means it's good for them. They're going to be able to have a laptop business.
1: Right. I I have a theory that it's not just on the employer side of things. It's also on the employee side of things. So you've given an entire global workforce a taste of being able to work remotely. And many of them, I think, will really like it and they'll, they'll yeah. want to continue. And then they'll, they'll be watching your videos online about how to start an online business. And, you know, they're going to figure out how to outsource things. And, and yeah. so <laughs> your, your YouTube viewership should increase over this, this time that everybody's home looking, you know, Googling stuff yeah. on, online to, to view. But I think that uh, employers are going to struggle, even if they're successfully navigating this, they're going to struggle of, of retaining, you know, their best people. If they don't Mm -hmm. offer them a more flexible work environment, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, because we've been working with remote teams for a long time, um, we know that we want to retain them just like if you're working with local people. And how do we do that? We just need to still be able to communicate, treat them well, reward them. It, it, It applies to the same thing. And rather than micromanaging, um, just like in real life, you don't want to be micromanaging looking over their shoulder or well, same as online. You don't want to be um, micromanaging and making them have meetings with you every second, but it's about using the right tools and, and process to manage those tasks. So putting into the project systems and then um, setting expectations so that you have that communication and that trust so that people feel like they uh, they can be trusted and, right. and they will work longer with you.
1: Right, I, I, I could not agree more. I, I think that it's you know we will never go back to the way things were um, at the at the first of this year. I, I don't think we'll ever return to that that uh, working environment. I think we are forever changed. I think the global business climate has changed, you know, as a result of this of this crisis. But speaking of, I, I would like to drill down just a little bit um, about your business and. If you were speaking to um, like business owners that were thinking about you know how can I kind of navigate through this difficulty what are what are two or three things that you would you would advise them to really help them kind of make it through this this pandemic crisis that we 're facing and come out the other side
0: yeah, so for us, we really had to um, review our current services and see if it's a match to what the current market Mm. wants. So although we offer part-time and full-time service of VAs, we realized that maybe a lot of the clients are going to need to have less hours than that, um, less uh, and more flexible options. So we really needed to be innovative and come up with some um, temporary solutions that they could be able to still outsource and get things done. Um, And so it's really about adapting to the new market's needs And then uh, rearranging your team to make sure that they're doing the right roles that will bring the Mm. best income for you. Uh, So right now we have like eight different people, nine different people doing sales, helping the sales side of things rather than doing what they normally do. They're actually all hands on deck doing sales. Uh, And then really keeping the team positive. So as a leader, you need to constantly communicate, updating them where, where you're at with your actions and, steps so that they know that the, the leader is, is working hard and trying different things. And so they feel assured and then they will still put in the effort. And um, it's really about having short term plan every week. You execute a plan and every week is going to be a bit different, but be really quick at adapting to the changes and, and, and no time to kind of waste uh, and uh, it's your the first decision is, are you going to fight? Or are you going to fly? So that's already important because if you're going to fight, then you will do what it takes. But if you choose to kind of, Oh, I, I don't know. And you're choosing the flight mode. You're mm. already going to take the actions of, um, of, you know, trying to cut down teams and trying to cut things and trying to whatever. Whereas my attitude was, no, we're going to fight till we can't fight no more that means that I'm only going to think of solutions to keep it going trying this service, trying that service trying to reach people on linkedin trying to reach people um, from email so there's just being resourceful is yeah as in it's you can never run out of ideas if you decide to fight
1: yeah wow what a what a masterclass there in just about 4 minutes i mean she outlined <laughs> this is your survival strategy for the next you know 12 to 18 months that you've got to plan on this as a business owner. These are the things that you really need to go. And I, I really love the idea because you know I've talked to a number of a number of business owners, a number of founders in the last you know, three, two or three weeks, and so many of them are saying this is the time to really review, you know, what you're doing because there's it's a little bit of a lag. I mean, in some ways, it's a little bit of a you know some downtime. So you really need to review your products and services, but but i i one thing that they didn't necessarily say was what's the next step that you talked about it's like so determine what's still valid keep that if it's not valid get rid of it but i love that short term planning versus long term planning right now i mean you yes. everything is is like micro it's like yep. so Quick, I mean, your business plan is about seventy-two hours long right now. It's not. It's not yeah, thirty-six months right. long. You know, it's. Yeah. You know, it's written on a on a, a bar napkin. It's not written. You know, it's not typed yeah. in a spreadsheet somewhere. So I'd, I'd love the way that you un- unpack that. You know, just that whole thing. So, what have you seen? I mean, it's it's pretty short runway here, but what have you seen? What impact has has this had on your business? specifically?
0: Yeah, we we definitely have started to see um, our clients being affected. So that means that they either had to cancel or they had to downgrade to something a bit smaller package. Uh, But thank God for our kind of service where they are having, they have their own VA, which is like their family. So the last thing they really wanted to do was to cancel. So they are trying to hold on to as much as they can, because they do see that this is a temporary thing. So we do have a lot of clients that are like, sticking it through, which is yeah. really great. Um, but it really meant that we had to reach out to even clients that aren't cancelling or calling up to downgrade. We actually called them up and to let them know that, hey, we know what's happening. If you are thinking about what to do more, here are some extra options for you. And they've actually been really appreciative of that and said, well, thank you. You know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about doing anything yet, but at least I know that I have these other options. So mm, we've thought wow. of these options for them already and they felt, really um, um safe so or feel like they've we, they've been cared like one weight off their shoulder uh, and then also our VAs feel comfortable knowing that oh you've spoken to my client and and their, their intention is still the same or right. they might consider this or that at least yeah. people aren't in limbo aren't, people aren't going well, what do I do and so connecting with your clients and and being able to uh, you know lend a helping hand even if they don't they need it yet yeah and 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 having that feel and i really think that right now even our goal isn't to make the most sale Mm -hmm. our goal right now is to show the most care to to show them that we no matter what happens we're still that loving company so that when we ride through this people will remember how we've treated them or tell people how we have been um, as a company together so it's not really about let's make the most sale it's um being on the front line as that caring company that will always be there should you need us.
1: So, you know, somebody in the in the higher end of government in Australia is going to watch this video and they're going to go, she needs to be our new Minister of Commerce. <laughs> 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 she needs to, we we need to have this kind of vision leading our business industry in Australia. I mean I I've interviewed a number of people about this very thing and the, and not one of them has mentioned what you just mentioned this idea of proactively offering alternatives even before the client asked.
0: Mm.
1: I mean yeah. what what a a you know a it's really forward thinking in my mind to do that because you 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 almost like remove the chance that they're going to cancel unless they are just in absolute dire straits. I mean you yeah. really your your attention has to go up exponentially yeah
0: and overall like if you're not adding value they're going to think of canceling anyway if you have been doing giving value then there's no reason for them to have to go unless they really have to and so they actually have and you just free them from all this stress of thinking what solution yeah and so um yeah it's actually worked the opposite for us at first we were worried that maybe they might have an idea of canceling but then we're thinking well yeah. Anyway, we did what we did and the opposite effect has happened in a sense that they, uh, the ones that wanted to cancel were going to cancel anyway. They had sure. to. And the ones that didn't just said, thank you. Yeah.
1: Right. And even if they kind of downgrade their service temporarily, you still have them, you know, I mean, yeah. the, the cost of acquiring a customer is, you know, you've alleviated that that cost because you've retained one. You know, it's cheaper to keep yes. one than to get a new one.
0: You know, yes, exactly so, right.
1: I mean, yeah that that is that is really really key. I think this is uh I man, I could I could just keep asking you questions all day long. But uh, I mean, you've given so much you know value in such a short period of time here. Is is there anything that we haven't touched on that that you really want to kind of close us out with that that you think is you know really crucial? Whether it's for this time or just you know a word of advice for business owners, something you've learned that you know in in your years of running a business just this is your time to you know kind of close this out here and then tell people where to find you online
0: yeah sure yeah i really think that every challenge gives us opportunity and i've seen so many challenges in the throughout my life sorry you can might you can hear my kids right now that's <laughs> They're right like talking. That's,
1: ambiance. that's right <laughs> this is real um, folks we're working at home
0: <laughs> yeah this is the trouble and um but you know Thrive on challenge. Actually look at challenge as an opportunity because I am a living example of going through so many challenges as a kid to I had a business and multiple challenges every year. And it always passes. It always gets better, actually. The pattern has always been really down and it gets worse before it gets better. But then, if you just stick it through and never give up, you're definitely gonna see it see it um, succeed succeed. So please stick in there and be positive. And even if you um, can't do it for yourself, do it for others. Be the inspiration to others. So the kids are starting to scream.
1: That's all right. What a, what a way to wrap us up. Where, so where can people find you online?
0: Uh, yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm very active on there. And at least you can read all my business profiles. But if you have time, Google me up, and I'm everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok recently. <laughs> this week, I joined TikTok. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> Got it all. Well, it's, it's outsourcingangel.com.au is, is our website as well. Like I said, uh, yeah. she's on, she's very active on LinkedIn and uh, not just active, I mean, not just her profile, but I mean, she engages with other people on LinkedIn as well and encourages other business owners and founders and and uh, really just kind of exhibits what we're trying to do with our podcast here. And that's really just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Thanks a lot, Lynn. Yeah.
0: Thanks Thank for joining you so us. much, Kevin. Bye.